What is Leslie Nope's middle name? Answer at the end of the episode. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee. Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massage. Treat yourself. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. My mom's Puerto Rican. That's why I'm so lively and colorful. Says you could have network connectivity problems. Jogging is the worst, Chris. I mean, I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? Dr. Harris, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. Dad, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Gergich, Gengerich. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. Hello and welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you. This is episode number 43 being recorded Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. And today I will be discussing, finally, I will be discussing the show's namesake, The Citizens of Pawnee. And I will also be uh, talking about some other news regarding the show moving forward. I'll get to that at the end of the episode. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at citizensofpawneepodcast, as well as my other page at parksrecmemes. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. All right, so let's just go ahead and jump into filler. Before I get started, actually, I should have said this right before the the intro, but I don't want to break it up. Um, I am severe, severely, severely, severely sick right now. I, I actually took a COVID test last night. It came up negative, so that's good. But um, on t- like I told you guys last week with Lucy, I'm very allergic to her on top of the fact that I am just sick. I have a terrible head cold. So if you hear like heavy breathing, I'm sorry. I am having some shortness of breath. Um, I am asthmatic to begin with, so th- this is just kind of piling on top of it. Uh, the sickness on top of um, me being allergic to Lucy and my breathing being tough. Anyway, so uh, I apologize if there's any weird pauses, gaps, uh, wheezing, <laughs> anything like that. Also, uh, you know what? I'll get to that in a second. So, um, yeah, let's just get going here. So uh, first off, I'm just going to quickly... Uh, talk about uh, Hawkeye, you know, the MCU show. Episode three was last Wednesday. And by the time you're listening to uh, this episode, episode four will be out. However, I just wanted to point out really quick and uh, the spoilers. So if you haven't watched uh, uh, Hawkeye or if you plan on watching it, maybe skip forward a minute or two. But I am pretty sure in uh, episode three, they showed Wilson Fisk, who is Kingpin, and I'm pretty sure they sh- it was the version played by Vincent D'Onofrio from the M- or I'm sorry from the Netflix Marvel shows, which up until now were not related to the MCU. And I know that this is one of the big things that they're trying to do over there is try how to integrate uh, the Fox properties, which is like the X Men, the Fantastic Four, uh, a few of those, and then also them trying to integrate the, the Netflix Marvel shows, which was. Uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Most of them suck, to be honest with you, besides Daredevil and then like maybe season one of Jessica Jones. But these, I mean, like they these seasons, if you ever get around to them on Netflix, you probably don't even have to, actually. I would say watch Daredevil seasons one through four. I think there was four seasons. 
This is some amazing television. I mean, it is dark. It's gritty. It's violent, gory at times. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'll just, <laughs> again, with the spoilers, uh, Wilson Fisk, the character I'm talking about, uh, Kingpin, is just this, like, this ruthless criminal, you know, mastermind. But he's, uh, well, a Kingpin, if you will. But he's huge. Like, he is massive. I mean, like, we're talking about, like, a, at least the way he's depicted in the comics. Not so much in the show, because that would be a little hokey, but the character of Kingpin is supposed to be this like seven foot tall, like 400 pound dude. And it's not even, he's not even fat. This is just like how strong he is. But anyway, um, yeah, so I am pretty sure that Vincent D'Onofrio will be in one of the upcoming episodes of Hawkeye. Cause in, in episode three, it was just a quick thing where they, they introduced like a, a new character and they're like, Oh, uh, you're going to go with uncle. And they didn't say who uncle was, but you just saw this huge body come walking up and all you saw was like the midsection and he, he like squeezed her cheek a little and you could hear the laugh. And it's like, that's totally Vincent D'Onofrio. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm excited moving forward. The show's getting a little bit better. I think I still just don't think that Jeremy Renner is 100% in it. I just feel like he's like, all right, <laughs> let me get this check and then I'm done with the MCU. But um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I guess it, maybe it's the role he's playing too, but he just doesn't seem that excited. And I'm sorry, but Haley Steinfeld, I, I like her a lot, and I was excited when they cast her. But just watching her physically, she does not seem like she's going to be this like the person that's taking over for Hawkeye. She just seems too like kind of clumsy. I know that's her character right now, but I mean, even the way she moves, like, I just don't feel like she's this incredible ninja slash fencer. Uh, not one who installs fences. I mean, one who does fencing, like the sword play thing, you know, the ching, 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 that thing. So anyway, um, Spider-Man No Way Home comes out uh, in like a week, week and a half. Yeah, week and a half, we'll say. So December 17th, I'm very excited about that. I don't love this Spider-Man trilogy. I do love Tom Holland, though. I think he's great as Spider-Man. But this, uh, the new Spider-Man's, the first one was Homecoming, then No Way Home, and now this one is, uh, I'm sorry, it was Homecoming, Far From Home, and then now this one is No Way Home. This is where they're 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 finally crossing the 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 multiverses. You know, if you've seen the commercials, you saw Doc Ock. You've seen um, uh, Green Goblin. These are from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man universe, the ones that had uh, Tobey Maguire. And then there's also uh, Electro Lizard. Those are villains from the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. So if anything, if you learn anything from this podcast right now, it's that there are two many spider-man movies <laughs> so it would please i i hope this is like the, the final one however i know they're making another um into the spider-verse which is the animated one that sony did that had nothing to do with the mcu but that was a fantastic movie i would recommend that for everyone and i'm not a huge fan of animated stuff i love old cartoons but i mean like i don't really like animated things that are supposed to be serious so that's where it kind of draws a line but anyway uh, yeah, Spider-Man Into the, the Multiverse, that was uh, incredible. And then the new Spider-Man comes out December 17th. Uh, on to what I'm watching. Um, yeah, I'm watching Community again just because I love it so much. I think it's like one of my new top like three favorite shows, maybe behind Parks and The Office. Uh, so, But I'm not going to get into that because I've talked about that at length many times on this show. What I'm going to talk about is The Handmaid's Tale, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. I don't think I, I don't remember if I brought it up last week. But anyway, so I uh, over Thanksgiving, when I was talking with um, my cousin or my wife's cousin and his wife, 
they uh she had told me that she hasn't seen the handmaid's tale like the show but she read the book and that pretty much the book ends at season two of the show which i just finished so i think this is kind of like a, a game of thrones thing where the the uh the media version got ahead of the actual books so now it's kind of on the creators of the show it's like all right well do what you want it's your show now kind of because uh george R. R. martin i know he's he keeps like, oh, I'm going to come up with this new book. Actually, he says it in like a British accent because he's British, I believe. Or maybe Scott, Scottish. I, I don't know. He's not American, though. But anyway, uh, or maybe he is. I'm so confused right now. Anyway, this is a stupid tangent. But anyway, that's kind of what Game of Thrones did. Yeah, they, they got as far as they could with the books. And then it was like, all right, we got to finish the show. So just come up with whatever, which is probably why the last season was so uh, hated by everyone. I thought it was fine. I was perfectly fine with how the show wrapped up. Um, for the most part, but anyway, so yeah, Handmaid's Tale, again, this is just a show that you can, it's hard to find joy in this, but I mean, it is, I'm watching this show right now strictly because I want to see horrible things happen to these people that are, um, you know, running this place. And I would have to say that if, if you were to ask me flat out, what don't you like about this show? It's the characters. I mean, besides June who is uh, played by Elizabeth Moss, and she is fantastic. But maybe it's the way that the the, the show is filmed. There's a, there's too much slow motion. I've, I, I've talked about this. And there's too much of the camera just stopping on a person's face with them, like not, you know, I hate it so much. And like two things in movies and stuff that I really hate. One is quiet talkers. And this show has two of them that piss me off so much. One of them is Commander Waterford if anyone's watching the show. And the other one is Nick, who's the driver. He's supposed to be this like kind of hero of the show. I hate this character so much. I hate him with a passion. And he's supposed to be like on June's side. And, and, and he is for the most part. I hate him. I want this guy to die so I never have to see him again because I think he's a terrible actor. And he is the epitome of what I'm saying when it's like, hey, Nick, how's your day going? They'll like show like the camera will pause on or will just stay on his face for like 15 seconds before he finally is like, it's fine. Hey, hey, uh, that's good. Yeah, I, I, oh, I hate him so much. Also, this actor, I, I, I don't know his name. He was in the last Saw movie, the, the one with Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, which I talked about uh, a while back. But I hated him in that movie, too. He was terrible. And I think that's the first time I saw him. And he sucked in that. So now when I watch The Handmaid's Tale, like immediately it was right when I first started watching. It's like, I know that guy. I saw him in the Saw movie and he sucked in that and he's worse than this. But anyway, um, the show, though, is just it's so intriguing because, again, I think I think like myself, most people probably just want to see what's going to happen to these terrible people that are um, that have changed our world like for the worse. So anyway, uh, I just started, well, I'm on like season five, I think of season three, there are four seasons out now. I don't even know if that's the end of it. I kind of hope it is because I kind of want, I don't want this to keep going because it is a very depressing and hard to watch show at times. Um, my mom's birthday is this week. I'm going to miss it. It is actually Thursday. So when you guys hear this, her birthday will be tomorrow. So if you know my mom, please wish her a very happy birthday. And, um, you know what else we got here? <laughs> Little Barks and Recreation. 
So that's what I kind of started talking about before. And then I cut myself off when I started talking about how sick I was and Lucy and all that good stuff. And it's like, you know what? I got a segment for that. So I'll just wait. So I went in and got an allergy test this weekend. Like I told you last, last, uh, in the last episode I was going to do went in. And if you've never had an allergy test before, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's not like, Oh my God, it's excruciating. You get like, you're kind of like a human pincushion, and I'm okay with shots for the most part, but this is like constantly like, well, I mean like a tattoo is probably the worst because that's almost like your arm is just under a sewing machine. But anyway, I, yeah, it's weird. Cause they, they literally, they put marks on your back with a pen. There's like a grid almost. And then they just, they prick you in every single little spot with these little vials they have. Each one of them is marked with a different, like the top allergies, uh, you know, uh, dogs, cats, uh, cockroaches. I didn't know people could be allergic to cockroaches. I think it's just like their waste. But anyway, so um, I got a bunch of these. Uh, I had, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 on my back. And then there was also another 10 that they had to do on my forearm. So I, I literally just had holes all over my body. If you're interested in seeing the results, please message me. I'll send them to you. But they're kind of, I mean, they're not disgusting, but it, it does look like just like a horrible rash because you see the spots where I reacted to the things I'm allergic to, which my whole life, I did not know I had any allergies. And I do think, like I said, the one at least with Lucy, I know that one developed either that or I grew up with this allergy. And since I grew up with cats, I just became immune to it. And then when I moved away from my parents' house, didn't have an animal for a while had and then we had uh, another dog this was 10 years back we had her for about four years and then from then on we had no animals with fur or anything so i wonder if my immunity just kind of lost like it went away because i wasn't around the animals anymore so but anyway um i have an allergy to pollen birch dogs cats dust mites ragweed and more but those are the main ones so yeah, I'm pretty happy I went and got this test and it helps me explain more why I'm dying and I can't breathe around my dog because all the other things she's probably bringing in like birch, pollen, ragweed, things that she probably, I mean, it is getting a lot colder here in Illinois. So most of the plants and, uh, you know, like the shrubbery and stuff have died off. So uh, until next year. But yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty miserable right now. And my kids and uh, wife are back to school. We had our nice long five day Thanksgiving break. That was last week, I think, or two weeks ago. But anyway, so now uh, it's just me and Lucy during the day when everyone's gone. So I'm literally wearing long sleeves and uh, like winter gloves when I hold her just because well, we, we do have the uh, the latex gloves the disposable ones, but I want to go through the whole box. So it really does suck because I just like, I love her so much and I want to like, I want to rub my face on hers, you know, and I want to be able to play with her and stuff like that, but I can't. So tomorrow, uh, I have, uh, my first shot coming up and this is basically, I think it starts off weekly and then it'll turn to monthly, but I'm going to need shots to build up my immunity for like the next three to five years. So it's going to, it's going to suck. <laughs> But you know what? It's what we do for our dogs. So uh, she is also getting uh, bigger again by the day and she's teething. 
If you didn't know that, dogs and cats, I assume, do that too. Most animals, just like humans, and just like humans, it is a terribly painful uh, process for them. So she's just constantly barking and squealing. And luckily, right now, she's not. So if you do hear that throughout the episode, I apologize. But like right now, she's sleeping, and hopefully, I can, you know, she can sleep for another hour or so. But um, we'll see how it goes. So. Another thing I wanted to talk about real quick, and this is the last thing of filler. So I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Spotify wrapped. That's uh, the thing you're seeing a lot of on Instagram. Mostly, I think Well, Instagram, I'm not on Facebook or Twitter, so I guess I can't really speak to those. But on Instagram, this is the time of year where like celebrities and podcasts and bands, you know, and like artists and whatnot, they start. Re- releasing their Spotify rap numbers and that wrapped, r- sorry. And this is basically just them telling you how many, you know, how successful your show was or whatever. So I got all that stuff and I was looking at it for this show here. And it was really, really like flattering and really cool to see, you know, it's like you reach this many people, this many people have you as their favorite show. So it was, it was really, really awesome. And I, I really appreciate everyone who has listened to the show. However, I did notice though, that it's not accurate. So I don't know how many people have followed these things up or the fact that they just finished the year maybe a little bit earlier because I have, you know, up until this episode, I have 42 episodes, but they're telling me I only have 36. So it's like, okay, where are the other five episodes, you know, or either that or the year in review ends in like, you know, early November. So it's kind of dumb. And then it was saying that, oh, you reached 27 different countries, which that's awesome. However, I knew it was short because I went back in and counted and I actually reached 53 different countries. Well, yeah, 53, including uh, the United States, which is where I'm located. But um, yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. So let me take a drink real quick. I got this itch in my throat that just won't go away. It's terrible. Um, And then uh, as far as states... This was kind of cool, actually. I was really happy about this. I hit 50 states. However, for some reason, they have the District of Columbia listed as one of the states, and I didn't get Hawaii. So that kind of (laughs) sucks. It would have been nice to get all 50, at least of the... um, Well, actually, I was going to say the upper uh, states, but Hawaii is not one of those. So I did... uh, Yeah, so I got 49 of the 50 states not including Hawaii, you bastards. Anyway, but again, yeah, as far as the Spotify wrapped and just everything for the year, thank you so much to everyone who's who's listened and, um, you know, reached out, things like that. So anyway, let's move on to the main event, the Citizens of Pawnee. Now, I had to, there's a lot of them. I mean, I didn't write down every single citizens of Citizen of Pawnee because there would have been like, I don't know, probably a thousand. So I'm not including our main cast, obviously. And let's just anyone who has had an episode on this show dedicated to them, Sewage Joe, uh, uh, Trevor Nelson, Leslie Nope, Ron Swanson, any of them, they are not listed in this category. So I do have different sections for the people here. And this is, you know, some of them are, are more important than others. And some of them probably deserve their own episode, but maybe um, just didn't... Um, even being in a good amount of episodes, maybe still just didn't have much for me to write about. So 
again, this is going to kind of come in almost like list form. And I'm just going to give you a little detail about these people just so you remember them, because I kind of I don't want us to forget characters that I didn't talk about. So first off, I'm going to start with the city council. The senior city councilor is uh, <clears throat> Councilman Hauser. He is in 19 episodes played by, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Ivan's Jordan or Ivan's. It's Y-V-A-N-S for his first name. So Ivan's or Ivan's, maybe just Vons, Jordan. 19 episodes, uh, Jeremy Jam. We did him actually, um, I don't know, <laughs> but he is one of the city councilors. So I just threw him in there played by John Glazer, 18 episodes. Councilman Milton played by James Green, 16 episodes. And Councilman Dexhart played by Kevin Simons, 14 episodes. Okay, so real quick, just a rundown of the city council. That's exactly what they are. They are a group. It was a full group of men. There was one more councilman named Councilman Pilner, played by the amazing Bradley Whitford, who's also in A Handmaid's Tale. If you're unfamiliar with Bradley Whitford, he's like the bad guy in Billy Madison, the one that's trying to get Billy's job. He's like he's in a lot of 80s movies. He's like kind of a dick and everything. And then he was in Cabin in the Woods. Also, he's one of the two guys running the game. But anyway, uh, he's the one that Leslie took over for. So we don't have much on him. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the, the city council is pretty much <laughs> like they they vote on things, but you find out later on in the show that they're not this is like Leslie. Obviously, she holds this up so high, this this title of being a city councilor. But once she's part of it, she realizes more and more that it's kind of just like everything else. There's politics involved. And it's like, wait a minute, guys, aren't we going to vote on this? And one of them just says, well, you know what? It's 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 uh, it's Hauser's time. This it, this is Hauser's uh, turn. Then it's Jams, then Milton, then you. So it's kind of like they vote on things, but it's still like, well, what do you think? Well, I kind of want it to pass. All right, we'll do that. I get the next one. You know, so they're a little bit like kind of shady in that sense. And they're just shady in general, because like for the most part, I think Councilman Hauser is pretty cool with Leslie. And the, and the good thing about them is that they always have the awkward interactions. That's one of the running jokes of the show is that not, not every time, but there are, I'd say there's at least like, you know, five to five to 10 times throughout the episode or the series where Leslie is doing something embarrassing. And then councilman Hauser always just happens to be there. And it's always, uh, and she'll always see him and they just kind of like nod to each other. It's like councilman Hauser is like councilwoman. Nope. You know? And then it just goes on from there. But, yeah, so these guys are kind of sleazebags, especially Councilman Dexhart. He is uh, just a vile human being, and he he cheats on his wife all the time, and he's just like a sex addict. And he has no shame about announcing this stuff to anyone, even including his wife, who he'll do these press conferences when she's just standing in the background with her arms crossed, just pissed off, you know. But she's his wife, and she's just kind of a prop, so she's whatever. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that's, and then there's also uh councilman Milton who is the older racist one and, uh, yeah. And you know, councilman jam obviously. So I don't need to get into him, but yeah. So the city councilors, they were, they had, they've been in a lot of episodes, but they're, they're pretty small parts and it's, it, you don't really know much about their life besides jam. You don't really know much about the city councilors beyond just the city council stuff. So, okay. So that moves moves us into our next group of citizens of Pawnee, Mouse Rat. Burley, played by Andrew Burleson. He's in 15 episodes. 
Chang, played by Alan Yang, is in 14 episodes. And then Rivers, played by Mark Rivers, is in 13 episodes. Okay, so obviously everyone knows Mouse Rat. Burley is the guitar player. He is the one. Again, he's they're all in, what, 15, 14, 13 episodes. So they're pretty significant. Rivers, I think, has one speaking line in the entire series, and that's after they're fighting during rehearsal. And he says, that's it. I can't take it anymore. I quit this band. I believe that's the only time he speaks in the entire series. Mark Rivers is also credited as being Mouse Rat. Like, so that album that they just put out recently, obviously they took songs from the show, but the other songs that are on there, and then even the ones from the show, like Bye Bye Little Sebastian, um, you know, I Fell in the Pit. Apparently he wrote all these songs. He wrote the music and he wrote the lyrics. So he is the, the driving force behind the actual Mouse Rat, like not just the one in the show. Like if Mouse Rat were a band, he's, that's him. Uh, Chang, you know, he's the bass player. Uh, this is going to blow your guys' minds. He's the Asian guy, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's, I love him because he's always wearing a suit and he's always doing like when they're playing, like the more upbeat songs, he's always like bouncing around. And, uh, Alan Yang actually is one of the co-hosts of Parks and Recollection with Rob Lowe. And I think he does a really great job on there. I love hearing his insight because while he was on the show, and he's another one that has, I'd say, less than five speaking like sentences. He just they they leave most of the talking to Burley, and then he is also uh, Alan Yang. He is also one of the writers of the show. So I'm it, he probably the episodes he's in it was probably written that it's like all right we don't we don't have to pay you as much if you don't talk because yeah off the top of my head right now I know the episode when Mouse Rat kind of kicked Andy out, but it was only because they couldn't get a hold of him. And if you'll recall when. Uh, Chang says to him, he's just like, dude, we tried calling you. You didn't answer your phone. And Andy's like, well, I dropped my phone in cereal two weeks ago. Maybe if you idiots would have called me, you would have known that. And then it just shows them and they're all confused. And uh, he says something. He's like, oh, you guys are, you guys should be called Burley and the Backstabbers. And then he walks away and he's like, by the way, I coined that name. And Burley's just like, man, he's so good at name and band names. And then they show Chang and he's like, yeah, he really is. So he doesn't speak much in this. Most of the, the speaking lines go to Burley. Like I said, who's the other guitarist in Mouse Rat. He's the one that April and Andy move in with. They never show them coexisting, like living together, because I think they right after Andy and April got married, his house became vacant. So I have no idea how that worked, but it was fun because like, who's paying the bills? Maybe the house was already paid off, but even the utilities and stuff, I guess, I guess uh april and andy had to be and then when ben moved in he helped as well but yeah uh so mouse rat i mean is as predominant as the mouse rat name is yeah i just i haven't talked about this band i mean i've talked about the band but i haven't broken it down so yeah that's mouse rat okay so we're gonna move on to the town hall folks now i don't have all of them i only have a few here but these are the most predominant ones so <laughs> This character on IMDb is called Red Faced Man, played by Mel Cowan, eight episodes. Then there's Chance Friendlum, played by Jeffrey Markle, seven episodes. Gretel, played by Sarah Van Horn, six episodes. And Pearl, played by Mike Scully, four episodes. Okay, so the town hall, folks, this is one of the best aspects of the show Parks and Recreation because... They're all completely idiotic. And that's why I loved like all this stuff with COVID, like all these insane parents, like these just idiot irrational parents, like, 
about the masks and everything, when they spliced those actual meetings in with Parks and Rec town hall meetings, so funny because the way that the people like, I mean, just again, how irrational people act when they're upset. And I know I do it too, but I don't do it in public. That is one thing. Like my wife, I mean, she sees me mad all the time. And it's not like I go around punching things. I don't like hit people. I'm not abusive or anything. But like she knows when I'm angry. And <laughs> but but that's one thing that I kind of pride myself on is that I don't do that in public. I don't throw tantrums if we're at the store, things like that. I mean, I can get visibly irritated, but I don't just make an ass out of myself, like yelling about things and, and making scenes. You know, I'd rather just walk away from something, take a loss and just be like, you know what? At least it didn't get awkward. So anyway, red faced man on the show. I have heard his name is actually Mel and that's the name of the actor as well. So they probably just said, hey, if you want a name, we'll call you Mel. Mel is the one that is always angry he's got he he has he's kind of balding a little bit he has darker hair and he has glasses with like a a little mustache i believe skinnier guy yes always angry about something like in the episode uh the the one where they're trying to make the smallest park and leslie calls the meeting because she's trying to extend ben staying she wants this this town hall meeting to go terribly and it ends up going perfectly but yeah, the guy Mel is just sitting there and she's like, hey, uh, how about you, Mel? Well, you're always up in arms about something. What do you got to say? And he's just like, no, I'm not. I'm not always up in arms about something. So like you could see him starting to get pissed off there. And even Leslie's like, all right, there's the spirit. So yeah, well, you know that guy. And um, yeah, he's just constantly yelling about things. And then Chance Fren Frenlum, F-R-E-N. L-M. Thank you, Michael Schur, for that name because I can't pronounce it. And I don't know if there's a, a proper way to pronounce it. Played by, uh, played by Jeffrey Markle. He is the one that is constantly chanting. You know, her daughter is an idiot. Her daughter is an idiot. Or when he wants Turnip's ashes, Turnip is his cat. He wants those ashes to go into the, the time capsule. Turn up, turn up. You know? So he, it's so funny because he always tries to get these chants. And there's like one or two times where Leslie stops him before. She's like, just don't, don't do it. You know, because you know that that's where it's going. And these chants usually, unless it's, um, uh, there was the the one where something about topless beaches. I know Harris had said that. I'll get to him soon. But I think this guy might have also been chanting about like, yeah, we or the one with, with Grizzlebox in season seven when Leslie's holding them and everyone's pissed off about Grizzle breaking it, you know, like the security things that they've been data mining. And he stands up and he talks about how, you know, oh, they they gave me they gave me this and I couldn't believe it. Da, da, da. And that's the one time Leslie's like, wait, so you guys are actually on my side. And he's like, we're not against you on this one. We're not against you on this one. And usually it's only like maybe one other person that chants with them, but he does it all the time. And it's so good. Uh, then there is uh, Gretel, who is the older woman that is just constantly a pain in the ass. Not like I would never consider her one of Leslie's nemesis villains, whatever. But she is the one she uh, when Ron gets the, the circular desk, she comes up and she's like, excuse me, sir. And she's trying to complain to him as he keeps swiveling away. But she's running like slowly running around the desk, trying to keep up with him because he keeps moving away from her. And she's like, sir, uh, there was a sign on uh, one of the fountains in Ramsey Park that said, do not drink. Well, I drank some and now I have a rash on my, you know, and then. My favorite thing with her is when she has a slug problem 
in her front yard. There's slugs all over her sidewalk. So, of course, she has to take this to City Hall. And she's talking to Leslie. And Leslie says, so you want us to get rid of the slugs? She's like, well, no. I, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's along these lines. She tells Leslie, I, I don't want you to kill them, but they are disgusting creatures and I want them gone. But do it gently because I don't want them to get hurt, but not too gently. So then when Leslie shows up at her house later in the episode, she's she's like, oh, Gretel, I figured out how to get rid of these slugs. We can use coffee grounds. And it's actually it's a nice organic way. They don't like the smell, so it'll just drive them away without killing them. And her response is, I said I wanted some of them gone, not all of them. And then just storms off and walks into her house. So it's, oh my God, I, I, the, just how much time they spent focusing on these side characters, you know, who really don't need to be in the, actually for this, yeah, they do. That's kind of what this whole show is. So, and then the last uh, townsfolk who I'm going to point out is Pearl, played by Mike Scully. He's only in four episodes, but you will know him. I'm trying to remember some of his lines, but he was the one in that Grizzle episode, like I was just talking about with uh, Chance Friendlam at the end of, uh, or in season seven, when he gets the grizzle box delivered to him and it has these stuffed, little stuffed animals in them. They're like hand-sized, I guess. So they're probably like four or five inches tall, but he really loves stuffed pigs apparently. And he's like, this is uh, Samuel L. Jackson from Pork Fiction, you know? And it's like a pig with like sideburns and it's got like the curly black hair, like Samuel L. Jackson. So he also at one point asked Leslie about filing taxes and she's like, well, are you not filing taxes? He's like, yes, but that's none of your business. And you have no idea what I'm talking about. And she's like, you just told me. So anyway, uh, Pearl, um, played by Mike Scully, is also one of the writers of the show. And he's actually, if you've never heard the name Mike Scully, you've never watched The Simpsons because he's one of the big writers on that show. I think he has been like forever. Maybe he left it to come to Parks and Rec, but that's how I remember seeing his name. And speaking of more of the townspeople, actually, that we see, the Lurpus family. However, I'm not going to get into them because they had their own episode. So for the Lurpuses, please refer to Citizens of Pawnee, episode number 18. The only reason I mention them is because they are very predominant with bitching and complaining about stuff at City Hall. So, And there are eight or nine of them. Uh, let's move on to animal control. I've talked about these guys, but they've never gotten their own episode. Harris, played by Harris Whittles, rest in peace. He had nine episodes. And Brett, played by Colton Dunn, six episodes. So I love these two because they work so well together in what they do, which is they're total idiot, slacker, stoner, losers, basically, who even when they get fired from animal control because they suck so bad at their jobs, they come back and apply for the job that they were just fired from because they forgot that that's where they did it. And it's so good. Like Harris, for instance, uh, one of the writers of the show, when April and Andy get married, he's at the wedding for some reason, I think, well, because they, they released the doves at the end that are all dead. But anyway, uh, Harris asks Ben, he's like, Hey, so what's up with that April chick? This is at her wedding. And then Ben's like, you mean the one that just got married? And he's like, oh yeah, that's the same girl, you know? And then again, like I said, the the fact that they get, because uh, Leslie and Chris go in to check on animal control, just checking out the area and they're learning, you know, first of all, they have a dead bird nailed to the wall that they're trying to make like the steam horn sound from the, from the Flintstones. And even says that like they have a string tied to it. 
so that when you pull down on its tail, its two wings shoot up. It's very morbid and creepy. But he's like, yeah, we're trying to make it like a the the steam the steam whistle like in the Flintstones. Doesn't work though. And Chris is kind of like, what the hell? Because he's never been down here. And then he steps in a bear trap. And you know, like he just he that's when he flat up says, "You're fired, you're fired." And the two of them, and they're both just like, oh man, like they're so stoned they don't even know what's going on. And what was amazing was the first time they were introduced because this was the one with Fairway Frank when Leslie was trying to get rid of the possum. And so they go down to animal control and there's one other guy working who we only saw in one episode. He was like the head of animal control. But uh, again, that was the only time we saw him. And Leslie's like, I need some guys. And he's like, well, you know, that's Brett and that's Brett and Harris's job, but uh, they're not here right now. And Leslie's like, that's not them right there. They're right. They're right behind him playing catch with a football. And he's like, nope, they're not here. And then Tom's just like, hey, yo, Brett. And he answers it like, what? And, you know, so like the, the other guy was trying to say, he's like, this isn't them. And then Tom's just like, he uses logic and just calls one of them by name. And they're so stupid. He actually answers instead of just like not answering, you know, anyway. But um, yeah, again, Harris Whittles, he uh, he passed away a little before the final episode aired. So you will see there is a rest in peace for him on the end there. I'm not going to get into his death. I do. um I actually, yeah, I, I'm not positive about everything. There's things I've heard, but I don't want to get into it. I don't want to speculate and I don't want to be wrong. So anyway, uh, rest in peace, Harris Whittle. And then the other, uh, the other one, Brett played by Colton Dunn. I'm a huge fan of him because he was in the show Superstore. And now a thing that's very probably confusing, maybe shocking for people who maybe have watched Superstore, but never Parks and Rec in the show Superstore, his character is in a wheelchair. And uh, this is actually, this has nothing to do with Parks and Rec, but like it's, it, I love how they did it in that show in Superstore, which by the way, if you've never seen Superstore, go watch that next. I mean, that that's a fantastic show. It went six seasons. I believe all the seasons are actually full seasons. So it's not, you don't get it like shorted out with like a, a an eight episode finale or some shit like that. But anyway, a uh, big fan of that show. And yeah, they never explained to you on that show why he is paralyzed, why he's in the wheelchair. There's an episode where one of the characters is trying to figure it out because he thinks that these two are much better friends than they are. So when he starts kind of getting upset, like, dude, why didn't you tell me? The guy's kind of like, why the, Why do I have to tell you? Why can't this just be something that I know about? You know, like, you don't need to know why I'm paralyzed. Why, what happened? All you need to know is that I am and this is how I live. So that was actually a, a pretty powerful scene. And it was kind of cool too, that they actually just address that because when they started asking about it in the show, I too was like, yeah, they never actually explained that. But yeah. So for anyone who has watched Superstore and for some reason is listening to this, but hasn't watched Parks and Rec, Colton Dunn, the actor is not actually handicapped or paralyzed, at least from the waist down, he can walk. So that's what he did for uh Superstore. And he did a damn good job doing it. Okay. Moving on to some of the city hall people, not the town town hall, city hall. So people who work in the city hall building. Kyle, played by Andy Forrest, 16 episodes. Ethel Beavers, played by Helen Slayton Hughes. <coughs> Excuse me. 11 episodes. And finally, Marlene Griggs Nope, played by Pamela Reed, nine episodes. So we all know Kyle. Kyle is the one. Uh, Kyle is Jerry's punching bag. <laughs> Kyle is the only person in Pawnee that is possibly more pathetic than Jerry. We see this in the scene where they are 
doing the food cook-off in the the little uh, common area, like the outside patio there, when Ron and Chris are having a cook-off because Chris wants them to stop serving the disgusting, salty, greasy food from the food court. And Ron's like, well, you know what? How about this? We'll have a cook-off. You cook your best burger. I'll cook mine, whichever one's better. You know, if, if Ron wins, they get to keep the food there or they get to keep serving the food. And if Chris wins, he gets to know that he bested Ron. So that, that's good enough for him. But uh, yeah, in that episode, when they're trying the food, Kyle says something about like the edamame or whatever. He says something really, uh, he's like, ooh, I can tell it's bringing out the flavor and da, 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 da. And Jerry just looks at him and he's like, stop being so pretentious, Kyle. And he's actually like angry. So it's kind of funny there. But yeah, Kyle is, we know him mostly because he is always at the shoe shine stand. That's where his character kind of got some notoriety in uh, like seasons two and three because he was Andy's number one customer at the shoe shine stand. So we got to learn a little bit about his life because one of the funny things, one of the running jokes with that is that they, the, the camera would, we would kind of always be joined in progress in the middle of a conversation between Andy and Kyle. And um, it was usually the end. Like, yeah, we would walk up and it would be Kyle and the doctor said that it, it could be fatal, <laughs> you know, it, things like that. I, I, it's, I hate to be laughing at him, but then the one too, when April walks up, she's like, what's going on? And Andy's like, Oh my God, Kyle, tell her that funny story. And he's like, my identity was stolen. And Andy's just laughing his ass off. Like, I don't, I don't think he understands that this is bad. He probably heard like my identity was stolen and he thought it was something funny, like, like spy worthy. I don't know. But yeah, just how, how much Andy's laughing. But yeah, Kyle, uh, we do find out that he works on the fourth floor. Not exactly sure what he does. He does some kind of filing. And we really don't see him working, actually, until the very last episode of the show. So that was kind of cool that they did that because Leslie goes with, I believe, she has uh, uh, April and Andy with her. Or maybe it's Tom. I forgot, but she needs something from Ethel Beaver. So she goes up to get it. And yeah, no, it is. It's it's um it's April and Andy, but yeah, they go up and they you actually see Kyle and he works like with Ethel Beavers, like or he is at least in this scene working across from her. So that was kind of cool to see what he actually does, even though we still don't know what he does. He works in like the files department, I guess, but we don't know what his actual title is. Uh, moving on to Ethel Beavers, played by Helen Slayton Hughes, she is uh, as Leslie puts it, the crotchety old woman. Who, uh, yeah, she's she does some important things actually. She signs the the marriage notice so that Ben and Leslie can get married, um, kind of when they do it like guerrilla style. And then she's the transcriptor too when Leslie and Ben are on trial for their uh, their steamy relationship that wasn't supposed to be happening. Uh, but yeah, she's just she's a really fun, uh, yeah, an older character. Like when um. And the, the what I was just talking about when they go to get the marriage license and they go to her house and she opens the door and she has like a nightgown on and there's a guy in the background and they're all just like, oh, is that your husband? And she's like, no, he's just a guy I met a little bit ago. He's sleeping over tonight. And he's in the background. He's like, who's at the door? You know, it's just one of those. But she's like, oh, go away. But it's like and then you find out, too, that she was also having an affair with Mayor Gunderson. However, it was an open relationship. So Ethel Beavers gets around, baby, at like the age of the tender young age of 80 or however old she is. Uh, she she gets it on like it. And then the, the final city 
notable City Hall person uh, I'm going to talk about is Marlene Griggs. Nope, played by Pamela Reed. She is in nine episodes, and this really shocked me, actually, because I can think of maybe four episodes she's in. I didn't like her from the get-go, but that was also season one, where they were still kind of, you know, and that's it seems like a lot of the things you don't like about season one bettered themselves once season two started. And this was one of them, because Leslie's mom, while the first time we met her, she did come off as supportive you know, of Leslie, but she also seemed very no nonsense. And like, she also, she wanted her daughter to do well, but she didn't want her daughter to screw up almost like it'll make me look bad if you screw this up. So please don't. So there were some times in the beginning where Marlene would say to Leslie, you know, like, oh, there's nothing wrong in being a housewife. So like really kind of shitty things actually. But as the show went on more, she got a lot more tolerable and she actually kind of became just like a filler. She was very important in the first few episodes. And then especially in the episode two, where she hit on Ben when uh, Ben had his first meeting with her. And when he found out it was Leslie's mom, he was terrified. So he was having like basically the same reactions he gets when he's around police officers. (coughs) Ah, sorry. So pretty much after that, when Leslie's mom was really, Like it was just, it was a really good scene because Leslie told Ben beforehand, all right, you're going to go back in there. You're not going to stumble around and you're going to, and she gave him like a quiz on all the things that uh, Marlene likes. So Ben went right in there and just started like doing exactly what Leslie told him to do. And he kicked her ass. It was awesome. I mean, like not physically, but she was just like, even she said, she's like, where's all this confidence that, you know, where was this an hour ago when you came in? And sure enough, this confidence that Ben now has that Leslie instilled in him turns her on. So when Leslie's not paying attention and we see it in the background, Leslie's mom starts rubbing Ben's leg. And then that's when finally Ben just goes in and tells her straight up. He's like, you know what? He's like, I'm in a relationship with your daughter and I can hope that you're going to keep this under wraps because otherwise your daughter will be fired. So after that, She's just, yeah, she doesn't really have important roles. They just, she's there kind of just to be Leslie's mom. So it's, it's kind of cool. Cause like, we don't need her to be, I don't know. I, I like that. Leslie just has a mom. Like I do like that. Her mom's very powerful. Like she is. And they call her the, oh, geez. The banquet episode. I believe it's season one, episode five. And, and I might've played it in one of the, one of the episodes here, but when Ron, he's like, yeah, th- Ron came up with the nickname for her. She's the iron boop of Pawnee. So it's so funny because I've heard. uh, All right. So I guess I'll have to put explicit on here that she is considered the iron cock shredder of Pawnee. However, when Ron says that, it doesn't match up with like how long the bleep is. And like, you can kind like his mouth is blurred out, but you can kind of see it moving. But then later on in the episode, cause this is supposed to be like a secret. And Leslie's like, yeah, my mom is tough. That's why they call her the iron. Boop, a pony. And it looks more like she said it right. Yeah. Like the iron cock shredder of Pawnee. So that was actually really funny. And I just love the fact that it's such this, you know, like this long, um, profane thing that Ron's like, you know, because when he's like, I actually came up with her nickname. He does the thing where he kind of like looks around a little bit to make sure no one's like watching, and then he says it. So that was awesome. 
All right. So now I'm just going to actually get to a couple others. I'm going to say this section is just others because this is kind of a, an assortment of other characters that had pretty, you know, pretty notable scenes or uh, were good background characters, but they just, you know, I, I didn't have like a great category to put them in. So to start off, we're going to go with Lucy Santo Domingo. I actually had no idea that she had any names on the show beyond Lucy because they never say that. But anyway, Lucy is uh, the one who goes played by Natalie Morales. She's in 11 episodes. Most of those episodes come in season seven when uh, her and Tom get back together. But Tom meets Lucy in season two. They break up because she says that um, he can't get over. Um, sorry, he can't get over his ex-wife, Wendy, which is totally true. So she breaks up with him and then she's gone for all like the whole run of the show, except the one time they show her face again is like the next episode when Tom he's like, oh, and I broke up with Lucy. And then it's a picture of her with like, you know, there's uh, he drew the stink lines by her. He's like, yeah, because she stinks. So, um, yeah. And then she comes back, you know, when her and Tom actually get married in season seven. So that was kind of cool. They don't show their marriage, but um, he does propose to her in the second to last episode two funerals. She says yes, and then at the uh, in the next episode, one last ride, we see Tom's flash forward, and he is still married to her. So that was cool. I always liked Lucy. Uh, next up, Jessica Wicks, played by Susan Yeagley. She's in nine episodes. Jessica Wicks, we first saw her in season uh, two, beauty pageant. I think that's season two. Yeah, and um, she is the one who she was the the former Miss Pawnee. And when she's talking to uh, one of the other judges, he's like, yeah, this is Jessica Wicks. I made her. And it's like really like really degrading and just like really sexist. So that that's kind of tough. But yeah, then she goes on. It's kind of nice, actually, because it's a really huge turn for her character, because like I said right there, she's basically just being kind of man shamed like, oh, I made you. You know, if it wasn't for me, you'd still be, I don't know, whatever the hell she was doing before. But now she is like the heir of Sweetums because she marries Nick Newport. And I mean, based on how she acts in season seven, when Grizzle's trying to buy the Newport land, she is all about the money. So good for her. You know, she married Nick Newport knowing he was going to die soon. Sure enough, he did. And she got everything. So she kind of becomes a little bit of uh, an adversary for Leslie, but she is also Ben's boss when he's working at Sweetums. And for the most part, she's she's pretty likable. I like her character, but she uh, she's kind of strong willed and she can be a pain in the ass at times with Leslie. But she does everything like mm -hmm, with it, w while wearing a smile. So it's a little more condescending. But uh, Martin Housley, played by Jim Meskimen, he's in seven episodes. And he is a very minor one, but I just saw he was in seven episodes. So it was like, wow, I didn't even realize he was in that many. I don't know what he does. He just hosts a lot of stuff. You know, like when Ron's at the woodworking thing, he hosts that. And then he hosts the the telethon with Joan. But my favorite thing about him is that he's always doing these, these uh, impressions. And they're pretty good, too. But he's like... You know, when uh, during the during the the woodworkers thing, he's like when someone was like, 
hey, uh, would you like to come with me to the woodworking thing? And I was like, would I? And he holds up like a wooden eye. You know, he's like, would I? So it's awesome there. And then another one when he's he's doing imperson- imp- impersonations and he's like, I am not a crook, you know, like, uh, like Nixon. And Joan is up there with him and she just looks over and she's like, stop that. Like she whispers it, like she's so uncomfortable with these voices he's doing probably because she thinks they suck, but it's so good. She just looks like, stop that. So, uh, Officer Randy Kilnose, played by Mil- Will McLaughlin, McLaughlin maybe, seven episodes. He is the officer that is constantly screwing with Ben Wyatt. He's a little bigger. He's uh, the bald guy. I talked about it last week, but yeah, when he's trying to get Ben to have a drink, and then the other guy, the other who's another kind of prominent cop. I didn't, I don't, I forgot what his name is, but I don't have him listed here. But yeah, they're going back and forth trying to get Ben to drink, and then just purposely screwing with him. This is the guy that also got Ben. Uh, he made Ben think he was going to jail because he had the smuggled uh, cheeses in. And then he is the one that also was giving the, um, what the hell is it called? Um, God, the lie detector test. What's the actual, uh, anyway, the lie detector test, giving it to Andy when he's trying to be a cop and he asks him, what would you do if, you, uh, this is a hypothetical question. If you were driving and you pulled your father over, what would you do? And then Andy's like, first of all, I'd be like, dad you're alive and the guy just like he just kind of like lowers his head in shame like god this guy's an idiot but anyway so i love him um derek and i'm only bringing him up because this is april's boyfriend from season one and then well actually most of season two as well i mean like he actually and him and the other boyfriend ben are uh the the i guess they're the bridesmaids for april and uh, if you'll recall, Derek is April's boyfriend, but Derek is bisexual and he is also uh, dating Ben, who Ben may be, not Ben Wyatt. We don't know this Ben's last name, but he may be bisexual too, because I, I think they said there's times where he's made out with April as well. So who knows? But anyway, uh, these two, I was really happy when they left the show because I never liked them. They had a couple funny one, uh, a couple of funny lines, uh, like when they were first introduced and April's like, this is Derek, my boyfriend, but that's Ben, his boyfriend. And Derek, Ben and I don't like each other, but we make out sometimes when they're, you know, like, and Leslie's just so confused. She's like, I'm sorry, wait, can you explain this again? And they all look at her like, what don't you understand about this? So that was pretty funny. And then even at uh, Ann Perkins uh, Halloween party, when Derek shows up and they're like, oh, you didn't wear a costume. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm a straight middle-aged white male. And then Mark Brandanowitz walks up right next to him and he's wearing the exact same clothing. And Derek just looks at him and then he looks at them. And he's like, see, so that was really good. Um, the next two, Marsha and Marshall Langman. Now, uh, Marsha played by Darlene Hunt. She's in six episodes. And then Marshall played by Todd Sherry is only in three episodes, but these two are absolutely hysterical. And they, they kind of play off of, a lot of the kind of tropes of, I don't want to attack the Christian faith. However, just a lot of these stories with strong, powerful women or men basically having a prop husband or wife that is clearly gay. And that is not, you know, like, so that's the whole thing with the Langmans here. They're very, they're hardcore Christians. They're always like the crusaders and, Marshall is just so insanely over the top gay and flamboyant that, I mean, like he is hysterical. I wish this guy would have been in more episodes. And actually speaking to Todd Sherry, the actor, 
I have spoken with him and I'm very, very briefly, but we've gone back and forth a couple times on Instagram because I've tagged him in a couple things. And I believe he does follow my page at Parks Rec Memes. So that's very, very humbling for me. It's, it's, it's awesome. And he just seems like a very nice guy. He's, he's just, we've kind of just talked back and forth with a couple sentences here and there, but I, if I was ever to do an interview or anything, I would have loved to start with him because he just seems like a great guy. I would like, it just, I don't know. His character was so good playing that. And then of course, Marshall, or I'm sorry, Marsha, the one who was just, she was literally the thorn in Leslie's side for like everything. And then not, not everything because then P- Catherine Pinewood came along and she kind of started taking that role, even though, um, we do see Marsha Langman as, as late as season seven. So she sticks around. So that's kind of cool. And then the last one I have is Typhoon played by Rodney Toe. He's only in four episodes, but he does go on to marry uh, Craig Middlebrooks. And then he also is, I'm sorry. He develops a really good relationship with Ron at the end of this in the, yeah, in the second to last episode, because Ron's barber, uh, Salvatore passes away. So he has no idea what he's going to do. So Donna introduces him to her friend Typhoon, who is uh, like a hairdresser, Typhoon Montalban. So, yeah, we we just he's a character that is introduced uh, really late in the series. I believe he comes in in season seven. But, yeah, he's got four episodes. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, just a really funny character. And like I said, he goes on to marry Craig Middlebrooks. Uh, the two of them, <laughs> they uh, their flash forward is very funny because it's just, you know, shows them as an old couple. And they're basically they've they've gotten married and they've stayed together this really long time. So that was really cool to see. So there you have it. The citizens of Pawnee or not all of them, because, again, this this episode would take about two days if I was going to uh, list all of them. But uh, the most predominant ones, I think. So now I am going to move on to some news I have about the show moving forward. And um, I have made the decision that I am going to end the podcast with this episode. I really hate to do it. And I've, I've made some pretty good friends doing this show with uh, just, you know, some of you, the listeners who have written in and it's been a lot of fun, but I kind of feel like I can't go any further with this, which really sucks. But based on the format of the show where I'm talking strictly, not strictly because, you you know, I've done uh, some episode, uh, ep- <laughs> some episode episodes and then also just some of uh, some one off episodes about, you know, hey, uh, my favorite things here or dropped plot holes, things like this. I love this show so much. And I mean, Parks and Rec, not my show, <laughs> which I do love as well. But Parks and Recreation is, um, yeah, it, it's it's my favorite show of all time. It's something that I obviously I have a I have a, an Instagram page dedicated to this. I made a podcast about it. I just don't want to run this in the into the ground anymore. There are if if you're interested in listening, there are plenty of podcasts out there. I hate to say go go check those out, but. I mean, I have 40, 43 episodes, which I'm really happy I got to. I, I wanted to get closer to 50, maybe even end at 50. And this is a decision that I've kind of been like, I've been kind of stewing over for a couple months now, because I just knew that even after I did the Ron episode at, I think that was 24, how I somehow went another 20 episodes, I don't even know, because I, that was the original plan was to just talk about the characters and at this point, 
another one of the reasons that kind of pushed me to this was when I go back and listen to the episodes, the amount of times I say, well, as I've said before, or, well, if you remember last episode, I said, or oh, I know I talked about this before. I am basically just filling your eardrums with the same shit over and over again. And I, I really appreciate all the, the nice words from everyone, the kind words, people who really, really do enjoy the show. And I, I, I don't want to lie and say, no, 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 I'm just going on hiatus because I don't have anything else planned. I have nothing else planned for this show. So, I mean, if you, you know, you can keep, stay subscribed if you'd like. I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt if you don't, because I might be back at some point, but that really depends if anything comes up worth doing. If they do another reunion show, if uh, I, I, you know what I mean? If, if something comes up that's relevant enough, I will do another episode or two. And maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe down the, down the road, I will come up with something new to do. But I don't want this to just be an episode or a series rewatch because there's like 10 of those. So uh, kudos to everyone who's doing those. But uh, and then another thing, and this is this is more just me being like, oh, so there's another podcast called uh, I think it's called Live from Pawnee. And they I, I, I followed them for a little bit on Instagram. They follow me. They seem like good dudes. They, they comment. They've contributed a little bit. I've never listened to their show, though. And it's nothing personal. It's just I don't listen to besides Parks and Recollection. But that's by the actual people on the show. But other fan podcasts for Parks and Rec, I do not listen to because not to be petty, but it's like I don't want to get ideas from other places. So I don't I, I wanted I want to have a fresh you know, mind for all of this. And um, yeah, so anyone out there with Parks and Rec podcasts, if you follow my podcast or if you follow my page, it's nothing personal that I'm not following yours. I swear to God, even the Instagram pages, I follow no other Parks and Rec ones. And that's just because, again, I, I would I would rather just have a clear, a clean slate on my mind instead of seeing something and being like, oh, that's a good one. And then like snatching that idea. So it sounds stupid, but it is genuine. So, um, but what I was going to say, another thing that kind of pushed me over. So like three or four weeks ago, I did the episode, what if Andy and Anne broke up? And I was really happy with that one. I thought it was a great idea. I thought I could expand on this, but then the, uh, the, the one I was just talking about the, the show live from Pawnee, I was just kind of looking at their Instagram and I saw that they had a, what if episode. So at first, my, my first reaction was, oh, those sons of bitches copied me. And then I looked and they actually did it like two weeks before I did. Now, I just found this out the other day. So again, I didn't steal that idea from them. But it's just another testimony that to something that I was like, oh, I have this great idea. But I was like two weeks late to the party. So they already did it. So that was just another thing. When I saw that, it was like, I think it's time for me to wrap things up. I have nothing else to talk about. So... I wanted to actually uh, end up with uh, just giving giving some shout outs and a little uh, some thank yous, actually. So first off, I want to just uh, first off, I want to thank uh, my buddy Sasha, who uh, really was the, the my biggest inspiration for getting uh, for starting the episode. I mean, he uh, him and um, his uh, cohorts, Pee Wee and producer Tony on Bitter Marks. That was one of the podcasts I started listening to early in uh, quarantine last year when you know, life sucked for everyone. And, uh, it was just a great show, uh, that I, that I really enjoyed listening to, even though, uh, I'm not a big fan of wrestling anymore. I used to love it. And I think that's the thing with all these guys too. That's why they kind of ended their podcast. They just lost the passion for it. So, um, 
but yeah, I, uh, uh, Sasha, again, thank you for, uh, all your advice, everything helping me, uh, <laughs> pick what kind of, you know, everything from the microphone to what kind of program to use and everything, because I, I, I texted him just all the damn time when I was starting off because I was so nervous about screwing up and it's like, what do I do? Uh, what, what program should I use? Uh, what kind of mic should I use? So, uh, again, Sash, thanks. Uh, thanks for dealing with me. Uh, and then a shout out to them too. My last one, um, Sasha and, uh, Peewee, they have the flips and bumps podcast, which is, uh, the one that I was on a couple weeks ago and they just, it's a really great, great information on buying and reselling, um, stuff. So yeah. And then, I also wanted to thank uh, constant writer Elf from Melmac, who uh, Elf Elf from Melmac, sorry, who uh, wrote in a few times to point out my shortcomings, and I always thought that was really fun. I appreciate you doing that. And since this is the last episode, I'll just tell everyone that was actually my best friend Mike who was writing in. This was never planned. He just wrote in one time, you know, just like as a friend and I guess as a listener. And it said Elf from Melmac. Like I knew who it was from because it was his email. But it was like, okay, you know, so he was writing as Elf from Melmac. So we just kind of went with that. And we never discussed anything. Like I didn't tell him, hey, I need you to write, I need you to write in, you know, da da da. He would write when he felt like it. And the funny thing, if you're newer to the show, if you don't know what I'm talking about with Elf Elf from Melmac, uh <laughs> my buddy Mike, he would write in and he would just he would point out like things that I, he's like, Oh, you said the word basically 15 times in this. Like, cause I used to always get on myself for saying basically now I just say, uh, anyway, all the time, but yeah, that's another thing I got to get better at podcasting. But anyway, see, see, that wasn't even intentional. I just did that unreal. So thanks again, Mike. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And then also, uh, Phil from Texas. I don't know your last name. Sorry, bud, but uh, yeah, he was a constant uh, contributor, you know, on the social media and he emailed every once in a while, too. But he is the one that found that uh, Parks and Rec special episode that I could not find. So thanks again for that. And then, um, you know, anyone who who just contributed, wrote in, emailed, if you if you DM'd me on the you know Instagram or whatever. And a few of you that I've been talking with recently, you know, whether it was about Ice Nine Kills or about... Um, the, the person who gave me the idea for the fan theories episode. I know who you are, but I, I'm not going to call you out by name. Sorry, guys. And um, yeah, so the, the other ones that were just constant listeners and contributors, I really appreciate it. All the kind words, you know, and the, the, the ones who actually really enjoyed the show and weren't my friends and family who had to listen. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm like, whatever the hell that means. So... Um, yeah, I also wanted to thank my sister, Jessica. She was uh, the only <laughs> guest I had on the show besides uh, Lucy in the last episode where she sniffed and licked the microphone. And um, finally, yeah, you, the listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. I plan on doing more podcasting down the road. Again, I just want to get better at it. I want to work. And one of the things, too, is I got to start podcasting with someone because that's one of my biggest downfalls is repeating myself and just going off on tangents because when there's no one there to stop you or no one there that you're just talking with, you're just talking to yourself. As you've heard, you can see sometimes where it's like, I I'll go back and listen to some old episodes and it's like, what the hell? I didn't even get to the point. So, and um, you know, there's been a bunch of times where I've um, misspoken like a couple weeks ago and I was talking about the handmaid's tale and I called her Kate Moss. Her name's Elizabeth Moss. Sorry, Elizabeth. 
like she cares like anyone cares but anyway let's just end this now uh that is going to wrap up this podcast thank you so much for hanging out and listening if you would like to contact me or the show citizens of pawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that you can also like and follow on instagram at citizens of pawnee podcast and at parks rec memes i don't know what i'm gonna actually do with the citizens of pawnee podcast page a lot of alliteration there but i um i don't know maybe i'll just do like memes on there or something but i already have parks rec memes so head over there if you haven't checked it out yet but uh citizens of pawnee i, I guess i'll just leave the page until instagram makes me get rid of it i don't know how that works um all well this episode and all past episodes can be heard wherever you get your podcast now feel free to keep that subscription for the show though as you never know i may be back Again, thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll see you when I see you. Leslie's middle name is Barbara. <laughs>